Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast. Don and Sue's here with you. I feel like I need to put on my Halloween voice because we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about (laughs) fear. I don't have like a Halloween. I don't have like a scary voice, but we're going to talk about faith. So fear fears connected to scary. Exactly. It's connected to (laughs) goblins and demons and everything else versus faith. Uh, it's really going to be a cool Let me hear your faith voice. Oh, yeah. I don't have a faith voice either. Do I speak like Noah? Maybe. I don't know. How did Noah talk? Let's see. Um, maybe David. Um, you know, but here, okay, so let's talk about that for a minute. The Bible, we're going to talk about in our Safe Haven series. Right. Let's know, ra- I think we're wrapping up our Safe Haven yeah, and series, in actually. Yeah, in Safe Haven, it's, it's really um, this, um, it can be a little complex in that how you deal with, how do you, how do you listen to your child without being fearful of what they tell you and then reacting to it. And so therefore kind of defeating the purpose by shutting them down versus being a faithful parent. And what does that look like to be a faithful parent? What is, what is fear? Is there healthy fears? Are there unhealthy fears? And when should I be fearful? I mean, um, you know, there's, there's the fear of the God. Should our kids fear us or should they not fear us? I mean, there's so many things we're going to unpack today in faith versus fear. Yeah, I mean, and I think, should we start with the definition or should we start with what the Bible says about faith? Hey, it's your podcast, babe. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think to start off with, I think we need to break down fear a little bit because I think that as parents, we get caught up in fear and we don't want to be fearful parents. We don't want to react or respond with fear when our kids do something. That's not our first choice, but it's almost like a knee-jerk reaction. And so if you think about fear, like Don said, there there is a healthy fear. Like if um, if, our, if we're going to be attacked or if there's danger, then I would say that our bodies are wired to respond in fear, and that's a good thing. And I think if you really talk to parents, and I, I, I get it that you say, we think we don't want to be fearful, and everybody would say that, but, you know, a lot of parents would think on their, of themselves and of their kids, man, you need to be scared of that. You right. need to be fearful of that. And so I think that's part of that healthy fear. We try to, we try to think about what's a healthy fear versus an unhealthy fear. Like we should have a healthy fear of drugs, for example, because we can get addicted to them. And so you say, look, you know, I, I, I think that's, you know, that's one of the reasons I didn't try drugs, you know, because I was scared of them. I was scared of the effect of them. Other right. things I tried, but I didn't try that, you know. Right. And so that that kind of feeds into the definition of what I would say is, okay, so in the de- if you look at the definition of fear, one of the definitions is the anticipation of the possibility that something unpleasant will occur. <laughs> and so I think parents parent out of that fear all the time. I mean, you said that you didn't try drugs oh, because you, you were, no, I'm going to, but you didn't try du- drugs because you anticipated that there might be a possibility that something unpleasant might occur. 
And so that kept you from that. And so while I would agree with you that that was a wise choice not to do that, there was way many, there was more things that were playing into that as well. You actually saw that that had happened to people. You had experienced that, that you had seen that you had, I mean, there was a bunch of things that had played into that and you were walking in that fear yourself but you weren't imposing that on someone else. And so as an adult to a child, that if we impose, we're going to, something bad could possibly happen. So don't do that. Like I remember going, that's such a great anticipation of the possibility of something (laughs) unpleasant that it will possibly happen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I just think about that all the time. Like for me grazing, I was raised by a very fearful dad. And so if, when I would go to do something, if I went on a mission trip or a ski trip or anything else like that, then he was pretty good about saying all the things that could go wrong, the possibilities. Well, you know, you guys be careful. Don't get a flat tire. Like I have control of that, you know, and don't, you know, be careful when you're on the ski, you know, just warning and preparing and, and just all of that, just walking out of the possibilities. Well, and think about it, parents, this is one way to distinguish. How many times do you talk to your kids in fearful terms versus faithful terms? You know, like on that ski trip. Wow, you're going to see the mountains. You're going to see the glory of God. You're going to have, you're going to get to go on a ski lift. And man, look down. Let's look down. It is a little scary. But then you're going to get to go up on the slopes and, and you're going you're gonna to ski great. I mean, all those things we could say versus what we do say, right? And so then that brings up, I, I just love the study of words. So that brings up the antonyms of fear. So the opposite of fear. And so faith is what we're going to actually talk about the rest of the podcast. But some other antonyms of fear is love, which makes complete sense. Perfect love casts out fear, gets rid of fear. It's the opposite of that. But there's more antonyms of fear, joy, (laughs) courage, bravery, I mean, isn't that what we want to speak into our kids? Courage and bravery. Don't we want our kids to walk in joy, calmness, comfort? And so, so many times what our kids are walking in anxiety and we're over here stirring up the fear in yeah. them, fearing of this possibility that something might happen. So therefore be careful. But, we, but yet, and, and we'll get more practicals as the podcast goes on, but we've said there are healthy fears that we want to deal with. So how do you distinguish a healthy fear. Well, so, I mean, it started at the beginning. If there's an attack or danger, if mm-hmm. there's danger, if there's intimate danger, like, for example, if your kid's running out into the street, then you're going to stop. You're going to scream. You're going you're gonna to be afraid. You're going to be fearful. You're going to be fearful for them. I mean, walking in the parking lot with more than two small children because you only have two hands is terrifying for every adult because you do not know where that, type, that toddler's going to bolt. And so you are going to say, this. these are the rules. This is a Plane. You hold on to the shopping cart. You don't. You hold on to mommy's hands. You're firm. You're 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 not joking. You're not having fun. You are you your your whole language is based in fear of there could be danger. The anticipation. The anticipation of, the possibility. of possibility of them. Be, and, I, and I've said so many times to so many little kids, the cars are driving around. They can't see you. You're below their windshield. They can't see you. So that's why you have to be attached to something taller than you. You have to be attached to the mommy or the shopping cart or the granny or something. Yeah, I think it's like if you follow us, you know that we talk about encourage extravagantly and correct carefully. And then some parents will say to us a lot, oh my goodness, you tell us we can never correct our kids and you know it's bad to correct them. We don't them. ever say that, by and, the way. <laughs> exactly, we don't say it, but they interpret it that way sometimes. And, and it's kind of like we, we say, no, you know, it's a matter of shifting the spectrum. We say encourage extravagantly and correct carefully. In other words, 
be careful with what you're doing with your correction. Most of the time we overcorrect. Well, what if we did that with faith and fear? What if we fear carefully, but we have faith extravagantly? Yeah, I love that. You know, what if we are more faithful? That's what we're really saying here is not that fear is in itself is bad. There is definitely healthy fears and there's time. And really think of it as this. Think about fear being protection. That there are times we need to protect our kids and we need to be to show them something to stay away from or to yeah. uh, to stay close to us or whatever that is. That's a healthy fear. But in the re- in the grand scheme of things, as we practice our parenting, most of the time we are over fearful and under faithful. And so we want to try to give you more permission and encouragement to be more faithful rather than fearful. Yeah, I love that. I mean, and so let's just focus on faith for just a second. And so Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. I absolutely love it. And it talks about it talks about the faith in action, and it goes through all the different characters. Now, faith is confidence and what we hope for, insurance and assurance. I mean, that's, you know, of what we do not see. But then it goes on to say, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed by God. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain. By faith, I mean, it goes on and on and on through every single, or not every single one of the characters, but so many of the characters in the Bible. By faith, Noah was warned about things not seen, so he built an ark. By faith, Abraham was called to go to a place that he did not know. By faith, he made his home there. By faith, you know, Sarah had a child outside of childbearing age. I mean, it... Oh, I mean, if you need to be boosted by faith, if you need to be boosted, what, what does faith mean? How do, how do I be inspired by that? Then go there because faith, I would say, this is how I picture it. Faith is action. Faith is going forward. Faith is changing things. Fear is standing back. Fear has got a wall of protection around you. Fear is not going, moving. Fear is standing and faith is going. And so what do we want for our kids? Yes, we want to protect them, but we don't want to hold them back. We want to speak into them. I mean, I say all the time, speak what it is not as if it is into them, moving them forward into, you know, what God has for them by faith. And then, you know, by faith, you know, Madeline had three small children by faith. Molly's pregnant with her second child by faith. Michael's going to move to, you know, Florida and work his job by faith. Maddox is working on his degree in college by faith. McCade plays football. I mean, and just speak that. Well, I think that if you look at the if you're looking to summarize that the bible as an example the bible is filled with faith-based people that stepped out in faith and so if you want to follow the bible you're going to follow a more of a faith-based route than a fear-based route god does i can't think of a bible character that god rewards because of his fear now he shows us a lot for example gideon Gideon kept saying, I'm going to put the fleece out, God, and then you do this, and I'm going to do this. And God kept taking away all of his stuff that he could rely on so that he had to have more faith. And eventually mm-hmm. it came down to 300 guys or whatever and right. to, to, to defeat the army. But so God, he understands our fear, right. and he wants to help us. You know, Moses said, God, I'm not worthy to go do this. You know, why am I going to, why'd you pick me? You know, let's bring Aaron with us and all this stuff. And finally God said, look, dude. Let's go. And he said, you know, just shut up and get over your fear and let's go. But I'll give you Aaron. I mean, yeah. I respect, I understand your fear and I'll, and I understand the, you know, the, the faults that you feel like you have. So I'll support you in that. Yeah. And he's still, so, um, and then let's talk about back to fear for a minute. What, 
what does fear do to our relationship with our children? Well, it creates fear in them for one, but it also creates a shutdown of relationship. For example, why do teenagers not talk to their parents? Well, because out of fear, they're going to say something to their parents. And how many times do you hear a teenager, Suzanne, say to us, uh, hey, did you talk about this problem with your parents? Oh, no, I would never do that. Why? Because they'll freak out right. out of fear. They will ground me. They will let, you know, they will get all in the business and, and they will totally destroy my life, basically. And so because the parent reacts out of fear rather than creating a safe haven yeah. where that teenager or even the well, elementary even school have, is going to listen. I mean, going to be listened to, I should say. Yeah. I mean, and I could even say, I mean, we could even jump on the parents bandwagon and say, I understand that you're afraid. I mean, I understand that you're fearful, that your, your child's in this world are being exposed to things that we weren't exposed to. And so knowing all of that, I understand that you can come from a place of fear, but know that just like Don said, the fear is not connecting you to your child. It's alienating you from them. So what would it look like if you took that very fear you gave it to God and you asked him to give you faith and then through faith you connect with your child oh my goodness that's terrifying that you went to that party and that happened tell me more tell me about that let me help help me understand what do we need to do how can we and so you're you're I see it once again Faith is action. Faith is opening the doors to your kids' hearts and to their mind. Faith is understanding. Fear is slamming doors shut. Fear is misunderstanding or not understanding. Fear is not choosing to connect because you put that barrier up. And you don't want to against your kid. That's not what you want to do. That's just what fear does. And it's not that we don't want you to protect your kids. I mean, just like but Suzanne's, you protect on the front end, not the back end. Well, just like Suzanne was saying, it, it, protection looks different at every age. When they're two and you need to hold their hand in the parking lot, you wouldn't do that necessarily with a thirteen-year-old. You know, <laughs> you're going to let them walk in the parking lot by themselves. That's because they're tall enough for the cars to see them. <laughs> so that's well, what I'm saying. And on the hopefully, front end, you hopefully tell they them. can also see the cars <laughs> as well. And and I think, but you know, but how do you? But she's right. You tell them on the front end. How do you protect? You're a 13 year old. Um, and it's also uh, allowing them. Sometimes I think we, we believe that we should never have our kid make a mistake or have adversity in their lives. We need to save them. Our job as a parent is to save them from mistakes and to save them from adversity. And can I just challenge that on your parents that actually there's nowhere in the Bible that God really saves people from adversity. He didn't save Jesus from adversity. Right. He saved, he, you know, Paul was shipwrecked, all those things that, not that we want bad things to happen or we let bad things happen to our kids, but within reason we do it. And, it, and again, at different ages, we can allow our kids the freedom to make mistakes because then we can come in and listen to it and help them not make the mistakes the next time, whether that be mistakes like laziness, you know, not cleaning their room, whatever it is, or, or you know, just failures of, of, of uh, circumstance or moral failures. Mm-hmm. You know, even then we're so, so scared our kids are not going to be perfect. But what if they learn, you know, the Bible doesn't really, the Bible says we learn a lot through adversity. Right. And so, I, I mean, I love that. So on the, so 
on the front end, you want to empower and equip them with as much information as you can. You know, they're where, whatever they're heading out to do, you've got wisdom that they don't have. So by all means, share that. But on the back end, if they, if they fail and when they fail, know that that's okay. I mean, there's inform that you can share experiences with them on the back end too. Are you going to share it through, you know, fear, through anger, through being upset? Are you going to share it through faith and, and believing them and supporting them in their mistakes? And so I just wanted to say something too, I was thinking about as you were talking, Don, that, I mean, as parents, I believe that we, I mean, that, that fear actually can be a tool for us. If fear rises up in us to see that and acknowledge that, and then to press into that, like what, if, if, if something, if I am afraid of something, then, okay, what is this? What I am, what am I afraid of? What is going on? God, are you trying to get my attention here? Is something, you know, am I anticipating something that's going to happen? And if so, what do I need to do about that? And so we don't want to say don't fear. We just want to say, pay attention to it and make sure you use it to your advantage. So for example, how would that play out? Let's say for example, and, and I've seen you do this, Suzanne before, or, you know, Every once in a while, maybe I've heard the Lord, and, and heard, <laughs> but I'm serious. Uh, the, I mean, like for example, uh, our, a child wants to go somewhere, and we are walking in faith, trying to walk in faith, but a red flag goes up, and that's what I kind of say. Fear is it becomes a red flag. Now, if every time your child goes out, the red flag comes up, there may be an issue. But I mean, but sometimes, <laughs> With you. yeah, exactly. <laughs> or maybe your child, maybe yeah. that you don't trust them, yeah. but, and maybe they're not trustworthy. Yeah. But but there is. But let's say in, in the normal course of business here that we get a sense in our spirit a fear if you will that that's not a good place for them to go it's not it's not a safe place it's not a healthy place for them to go if we're in in relationship with our child and things are going well we go you know and I don't pull this card very often but I'm not feeling good about this endeavor and so not that I, it's not we can do something different. Maybe you could have them over here. Something else can happen, but I'm not feeling good about this one. That's where a fear is good. Mm-hmm. And it can come in and, and you're, uh, what you're doing is you're doing just what Suzanne said. You have a fear. You don't overreact. You put it before the Lord. Maybe you talk about it with your spouse. Maybe you get some counsel from another mom that knows, you know, hey, we're going over to this party with this place and, you know, and do you know these parents or right. what's going on? And it's not a gossip thing. It's just a, do you see what we're saying? You're, you're, you're learning. We want you to learn as parents how to operate in faith, which means that when fear comes, you operate differently than, than we are used to reacting where all we do is just freak out and just shut everything down because that's going to be, you know, you know, just some just some examples like uh, let's say it, it, it's it's so it goes into every age. Let's say your three year old, you know, you've got a little table that you that that the little kids eat on, and let's say that three year old is standing on that table. Okay, as most two and three year olds do. Yeah, and <laughs> so typical reaction of a parent is, <gasps> you know, get off that stuff right there. Stop you're right gonna there. You're going to fall. Yeah. You're going to get hurt. You know, yeah, and, and that anticipation of the possibility <laughs> of something unpleasant occurring. Well, and, and you're going to bump your head. And not only anticipating it, but projecting it and telling about it and all those things because now we don't. But, you know, so instead, 
you know, maybe you just, hey, hold on a second there. I know that you like to get on that table. Now let's go, let's talk about what can happen. You know, I mean, there is a way to do it. Or let's jump to, you know, again, maybe they can jump and it wouldn't be painful. To, you know, maybe the table's small enough and you say, okay, I know it'd be fun to jump from that table, but this is where we eat. You know, this is, we don't right. want to put our feet up there. It's dirty. And you're, but you're still, you know, especially with like a little boy, you know, that boy wants to adventure, you know, right. that boy wants to go conquer the world. And so often I think we, we domesticate the boy by oh, for sure. all the way through, you know, um, I remember, um, I remember John Eldridge talking about one time how they took all, the parents took away all the guns in the house and the boys made guns out of pop tarts oh, you know yeah. and they started oh, to yeah. shoot each other with oh, the pop tarts yeah. a because, gun i mean a stick every <laughs> stick out there can be turned into yeah. a gun i and, mean and you know so there's just this thought of in in all of your you know um so often in grade school and even in the middle school there's these projects our kids are doing and you know they have to do a flower project or a science fair project or whatever and the parents are just, you know, it's 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 this great opportunity to say, hey, read the instructions and figure out what we're going to do here. And let that child go for it. Hey, I'm here to help you. But letting them work through it instead of, oh, my goodness, this is too big for them. They're going to fail. You know, we're so scared of it or whatever. Instead of just going, hey, okay, what if they do have a little struggle with it? You know, what if we work through it and we, and we say, but we've turned it into, you can do this. I believe in you. You're smart. You're going to figure this out. I'm here to help you instead of, you know, either one helicopter and over them and doing it for, or griping because the project's too big and the school shouldn't have signed. You know, all those things are based out of fear, fear of failure, basically. Right. Yeah. Or fear, fear of looking bad or yeah. Fear of yeah. Your kid being not, embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. All those things. And so one of the things I think is really good to do, it's along what you were saying, Suzanne, when you have fear, um, I was talking to a dad the other day and it said not totally related to fear, but it, but it, it's the analogy that works. And he was mad at his son for playing a game, a little game that little kids play. And I said, why were you mad about that? He said, I don't know. <laughs> and I was like, huh, that's good. You don't know. But I mean, and that's a lot of times what happens with fear. As you learn to exercise more of the faith muscle and less of the fear muscle, when you become fearful, you go, hey, why am I fearful? What is causing the fear in me? Many times you'll go, especially if you're a guy, you'd be like, I don't know. I don't know my feelings. I don't know how this is going. But, <laughs> but when you can go back to it and start to... Um, figure out the why many times the Lord will then be able to direct your path into another way to deal with that fear. Yeah. I think that sometimes our, our fear as parents is um, prevents our children from being resilient, from making those mistakes that we've talked about from being on that table and, and jumping off of it and, and doing things that they think they can do. And so I just want to encourage you as a parent that when that fear comes up, look and see, is this an opportunity for my kid to be resilient? I mean, so they might fall down. I mean, they might get hurt. They might bump their head. You know, they, something might happen. Something might possibly happen. They might get hurt and they might cry. Well, is that okay? And I mean, say, is it okay? Let's yeah. assess it. I'm an adult. I can, I can assess it and assess and know, okay, yeah. But let's say, for example, I love the idea of the kid on the table because that's just a, what if you moved it and said, hey, okay, we're going to take this to the couch 
and then we're going to put some pillows on the ground and then we're going to jump into the pillows. You know, instead of, okay, we don't jump on the table because it gets, it's not where we eat. It's not where we're going to do it, but we're still going to jump. We're still right. going to have, you know, but you make it into another deal that's, that's safer for the child. And still, you know, like for example, you know, our, our grandsons will run and jump in the couch into the pillows and they just think it's the best game ever and then they love to jump on me when they, you know, as well. And they have little games that they play, all that kinds of jumping. But it's all just about running and jumping. That's all we got to do. We just got to run and jump and the game's fun. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, so often we, we squash that in our kids because it's inconvenient or we're afraid they're going to hit the coffee table or what? move the coffee table. You know, just right. let it happen. Um, or let them hit it. They'll only hit it once or twice, and then they won't. They will reassess <laughs> where to jump. Yeah. Um, but you know, like even for example, I think a lot of fears happen with big kids when you know with so middle too. schools think, and teenagers. I think like middle schoolers, newborns. And high I think people are fearful of newborns because they don't know what to do with them. They're so seem so fragile. I think they're they're super fearful with with toddlers. And then I think that it kind of alleviates a little bit. And then teenagers come on the scene. And I think parents get overwhelmed with the fear. And it's scary. Yeah, I mean, let's acknowledge. Well, the teenagers are not scary so much as the world that they're being exposed to is scary. Well, and other teenagers, our teenagers, <laughs> our teenagers are great, but those other teenagers, those, they the just, influence those yes, guys have. Oh my goodness. Those <laughs> other kids, they're terrible. And, um, but you know, like for example, you know, your kids are going out with friends and you don't know, um, where they are, what they're doing. And so we, um, we put all of these restrictions on them and we text Micromanage. them. Yeah. We text them every 10 minutes and, you know, make sure that they, and, and you know, follow their location and and we love the we love technology and everything else um but we had a lot of success with i told my kids a lot i told um the uh, teenagers a lot with freedom comes responsibility and that was something that was like a mantra of our home that with freedom comes responsibility the more you are responsible and the more I can trust you, the more freedom I can give you. Mm-hmm. If you want to restrict your freedom, then do things that are irresponsible so that I can't trust you as much. But if you want freedom, then let's do things that are responsible and be communicative about it so that we know what we're doing. Do you see what we're doing? Part of what I think faith is, is putting putting the the um, the onus on them to um, to make things happen to create responsible teenagers, right? That is, and that good then choices. make good choices, and then what that does is it should reduce our fear. You know, it, it when my kids, uh, many of my kids went out, I would never be concerned about where. You know, we have a uh, let's see, seventeen now. We have a seventeen-year-old when he goes out. I don't worry about who he's going out with or what he's doing because he has proven himself to be responsible and faithful. Right. So I don't have to have fear because I know him and I know where he's going because we've developed the relationship and we have talked about it and he's chosen a lot of good choices. And so if that's not your story, if that's not your experience and your teenager is not trustworthy, then um, the best way to train them to be trustworthy is to give them opportunities to succeed and so that you can trust them and then make a big deal about that. You know, okay, 
I'm going to let you go to your friend's house. Um, what time do you think y'all will be wrapping up there? He says around 10 30, 11. Great. I want you home about that time. That sounds good. You know, we, we, I want you to text me when you come home, when you're on your way home, yep, text. you know, if anything happens, I'm going to be there for you, you know, that type of stuff. Exactly. And then when he does that, when he jumps through the hoops that you've asked him to do, and you've given him those hoops because in the, in the past, he hasn't been trustworthy. So this is building and you tell him you're building your trust back with me. This is what you're doing. These are the steps that I need to show that you can be trustworthy. If you'd been, if you're trustworthy in the beginning, then you might not have to have these steps. And if we can do this a few times, then you might not ever have to do these steps again, but these are the steps that I need from you. And then when they do that, when they are success, then you and I say, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I feel so good about that. This is great. All right. Next time you don't have to text me, you know, when, you know, just to just wean them, I guess. Just remember parents. They're going to be 18 years old. They're going to leave your house. Are they going to be ready? And if they've never had to do it without any supervision while they're in high school, for example, how are they ever going to know how to do it when they're a freshman in, in college or and out that's of the house, a very, living in an apartment? And that's a very costly year, I might add, the freshman in college year, because their failures in that year cost you a lot of money because they're failing and sometimes classes. they drop out you know yes, or, or, and they're exactly and so go ahead and let them fail and then teach them the self-control and the i mean we're a little bit off of fear at this point but just looking forward to what you have what well, can you do really with what you're off, being presented with right now we're really not off because the fear leads to control Uh, And too much control leads to that freshman year of them not being able to take care of themselves. And so you give them, and and I think, I think it starts, you know, at the youngest ages, you're always creating this confidence in your kids. And we also talk about you're creating an identity in them that they want the gospel. They want God's ways. And I think part of that is, is, is you make life uh, of joy for them, a, an adventure, a, a reward for them rather than a bunch of rules, uh, you know, and, and putting them in the, in the, in the, in the fence all the time, let them go out and run and play with, with, you know, and I think what happens is, is there's gradually more and more freedom that's let out, you know, and there's so many ways to do it. I mean, you know, let's say for example, you want your kid to take the trash out. And all you do, instead of telling them every little detail they need to do to take the trash out, you say, hey, <laughs> take the trash out. Why don't, well, you know, and let them, you know, give them some basic instruction, but then let them, you know, if they watch them, if they, but if they fail a little bit, you know, don't worry about the failure. Come in and say, okay, what can we do to make this happen better next time? And, and, and put them in a situation where they can fail, where, you know, where, but you can watch them where then you can train them and then you can be, hey, that was great. Next time, let's do a little bit more. And that's, that's a life of faith. It's a life of confidence. Yeah. It's creating situations for them to succeed rather than fail. That's all wrapped up in this faith versus fear argument. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I think we should wrap it up. Right where we started. So let's say, you know, so let us just, you know, can we wrap it up with just a few things that we said that I think are, are um, super impactful. One of them is listen fully to your child. Just listen to them. You know, if you, so much of faith is just listening. 
Is, I mean, if you go back through those little scenarios, a little kid that's standing on the table, why do you want to jump off the table? What's, what is, why do you want to do that? Because it's fun, mommy. Okay, note to self, my kid wants to have fun by jumping. Let's go to a jump park. Let's go to a, yeah. I mean, and so that, that middle, that middle school kid, this giant project that's in front of them. And you, so you can go through, listen fully to your child. What do you want the project to look like? How do you want it to be? How do you, what role do you want me to play in it? Do you want me to be in, you know, do you need my help at all? I you want you to, to do it, mom. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. Okay. <laughs> I'll sit with you while you do it. And then even that back to that teenager you know listen to them fully why do you want to go to this party why is this important to you why does what's what's fun tell me how you're gonna get there who you're gonna hang out with just give me some give me some information like there's something once you start that conversation you can say things like okay i've got some concerns here yeah you know what if there's a bunch of people drinking underage you know what if you know some some girl starts hitting up on you what are you going to do you know yeah. what i mean but if you've never stayed if all you've done is do do a lecture first out of your fear you're never going to have that conversation with your teenager mm-hmm. which is another thing that suzanne told us is take our fears to god is you're going to mm-hmm. have okay so guess what parents you're going to have fears as a parent and you we have them all the time and and we do too what can you do to use that as a red flag to then listen to the Lord about it, say, God, here, I'm fearful of this. You think God hadn't seen it before? He's going to be able to help you and, and maybe go to your, your, to your spouse about it, uh, your friends about it, whatever it is to say, hey, these are my fears. How should I be responding? So that kind of comes into that, you know, uh, respond rather than react and, and just ha- take those fears to God and, and figure out what God's saying instead of what your fears are saying. And then the, and the last one to leave you with is choose to respond in faith. And so if you have little kids right now, um, you I mean, you can choose to respond in faith. But as soon as your child learns to drive, the only thing you can do is respond in faith. Mm-hmm. You have nothing else. You can't, you're not going to get in your car and follow them around. And so... When I get to heaven, God's going to lay out all of my prayers, and there's going to be a very large percentage of prayers that are going to have been put up on behalf of my children when they are driving. From 16 you know, to 18. Yes. 16 well, no, even now, as they head back to Arkansas, you know, as they're driving back or anywhere, that is my, I mean, it's like, okay, God, send extra angels down, protect them, keep them safe. I mean, Michael just came into town last week, and he called and said, Mom, I had a blowout on my, I mean, and so I prayed all the way from when he got his blow out to, I mean literally watched him on his you know traveling to make sure he got to where he was getting the new tire put on because I didn't need, want him to get in a wreck or I mean anything else like that and so just know that go ahead and start choosing to respond in faith right now because you're gonna you're going to anyway when yeah, they I mean, start I didn't to drive pray so much about that I, I had a feeling he was gonna be okay um, but there's you know that there's so and, and I think that's different too there's gonna be you know what what how do you channel your fears into into faith and so because that's what i feel like that's god's invitation honestly i think that's what it is i think that if you're using fear to prevent an attack or danger then i think your fear is justified but other than that the fear is literally just an open doorway to hang out with god to to ask god Mm -hmm. to come in and handle the situation because you can't be everywhere moms you can't protect your kid from everything dad but God can. He's everywhere. So wrapping up the wrap up is that <laughs> it says, you know, basically <clears throat> what we want to do is have you become more faithful, less fearful. Teach you how to handle your fears and, and want you to step out, step into your faith more, just like the people in the Bible did. 
You know, when David faced Goliath, when David faced the lion or the bear, when Moses, when Moses, when Moses faced uh, the the uh, Red Sea and the parting of the Red Sea, when Noah faced the ark uh, and the rain coming down that he'd never seen before, they had to step out in faith. And so we want you as parents to step out in faith as well as to help your kids to be examples and to be um, uh, an inspiration for your kids to step out in faith as well. So. Anything else, Suzanne? As always, parents, uh, be faithful, but also be crazy. Go be crazy. CrazyCoolFamily.com.